Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at chabacasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. There's a man on detractor. Not a detractor as in detracting from the thing, but detractor. There's a football oval. <laughs> All the kids have gone back to school. Yay. Having a morning out school. As long as I can get them out of my hair. And that doesn't even rhyme. So there's a cement mixer over there too. Eureka Concrete. And there's a soccer field behind me. And I think I'm in... What's, what do they call this? Not Black Hill. It's something or another. In the middle of Thingo, East Ballarat versus the Visitors. Got a travel guitar which is big enough to sit in the tiny little car. I was going to go and sit on the park bench and then the sun came and the clouds came over the sun and it was a bit cold, so I didn't. And I know you're all, and I know you're all thinking, well, where's he been? Now, how come he hasn't put anything out? So I've got to put out a short one for you just to make just to let you know that I'm still here and things will resume as soon as we work out what normal really is. So I got an email this week. Thank you to Mark Kirby who put me forward. Thanks Mark. Thanks a whole bunch for incredulous. And then Andy um, Thingo got back to me and said we would like you to be on Incredulous. The recording is on Sunday nights, which is 4pm English time in the a leisurely Sunday afternoon. But not for me, it's 1am Monday morning. And I jumped at it, I said, oh, I'd love to, yes, oh, oh, good, oh, yes, oh, yeah, yes. I'm familiar with Incredulous, I download it all the time, I said. And then I realised, then, then he sent me all the things that I had to prepare for. Suddenly I thought, uh-oh, what have I done now? Now I've bitten off more than I can chew. And I don't want to give away the show too much, but it's, I'm going to... Brian Thompson's going to be on. And Brian's really funny. Actually, he wasn't when I met him. I met him at the um, Skeptic Conference, and we said nothing more than, hello, oh, hello, how are you, hello. And we both stood in an elevator together. And we sort of stared at each other went, <clears throat> yep. Uh, mm-hmm, yeah, good night, uh, mm-hmm, because I didn't really know. And then when I snaffled James Randi away to a couch outside to interview him, I think Brian was one of the people who came out to say, hey, where's, J- where's James gone? He's gone! He's gone! He's a magician and he seems to have disappeared because we didn't tell anyone where we were going. And then I think it was Brian was one of the people who came out and looked with a sigh of relief on his face, like, oh, thank good, well, thank God, I don't know if he said thank God, because, you know... Oh, he's all right, he's there. He's talking to that long-eared fat, fat git on the couch. So we have met, but I I wasn't really fully aware of his prowess. And then I listened back over the old Incredulous episodes, and I thought, holy crap, he's really funny. What have I done? What have I put myself in for, you know? So I've got to, I'll have to kind of, I'll have to kind of wing it. There goes the cement truck over there. So I'm not sure when the episode will come out because we haven't recorded it yet because I'll have to... I don't know if I'll go to bed and then wake up and try to be funny. So they give... they I, You can't give it away. You can't break the fourth wall, as it were, but you have to have a little little tiny bit prepared 
and then you're expected to mercilessly interject on your on your fellow and fellow s um, people that are on the show and be funny. Shit. Because <laughs> I'm the sort of person who goes on stage when I go on. I, I often have no idea what I'm going to say. And then I say it when I get there, and then I promptly get off, and people are laughing, and then I think, I can't remember anything I just said. What a great little guitar this is. It's really small, and it has a built-in tuner and a little thing you can plug it in and you can do things. And I really, really love this little tiny guitar. I'm going to switch the tuner off so my battery doesn't... My prowess doesn't go flat. So I went, I went out on Monday, gasping and wrenching to go and see the comedy show. Because Steel Saunders, the comedian from My Love Green God Letters, got engaged to his then girlfriend Jackie. Who now they're now they're engaged. Oh, Ron, we is engaged. And he was supposed to be on the bill for the you know ten comedians on the bill for a gold coin donation. Shows you that there's obviously money to be made in comedy. But he wasn't there. Maybe they were out celebrating, and other people took his spot. And I, afterwards, they said, "Come and come and have a drink with the comedians." And I stood there a bit like a shag on a rock, because now they're all young people now in Melbourne. The the Melbourne that I've been away from for oh, I suppose the best part of I suppose at least twenty years. And even when we moved back into the state of Victoria. State of Victorianness, named after the great Queen herself, known for her Victorianness. Um, we're still a hundred kilometres from there, from Melbourne. So I've sort of been, I guess, hanging out to try and, I don't know, get a foot in the door in a place where no one even knows who I am anymore. And I'm not sure I do either. And I drive through past all these pubs and clubs and things that I used to play. And um, I think oh, I played there, I played there, but there were all the comedians standing there and it was invisible. No matter where I stood, I thought I was standing in the wrong spot. So I was trying to um, work on a little bit of funny material and I thought if I could find a low-key place, some sort of open micy thing where I only have to do five minutes. I can't, I can't. In years gone by, I used to be able to stand and do a four or five-hour gig, but nowadays with the heart and everything, I don't think I can. But I, I, I thought it'd be nice to get a bit established, but um, and then at least it would help plug the podcast, you know, if we get up on some tryout thing and do five minutes of something funny. I could say, oh, I don't know if this podcast, be listening. And I could take my hundreds downloads per week and turn them into thousands. So there were people there. Nick Cody was there. I think he might have filled in for Still Saunders. I sort of looked at him. I thought, like, I interviewed you just recently, but he didn't seem to really recognise me. And then he was busy. And then I felt, oh, I'll be the guy who who annoys everybody. <laughs> and someone did go and say, what do you do comedy, do you? So well, I do a podcast. Oh, that's good, mate. See ya. So it's amazing how in a, in a city of millions you can be surrounded by people and feel so damn lonely. But don't worry, I'll get over it. I'll get over it. And I was rather interested to see that on um, TV now here... See, we have, we have our own Target store in Australia which recently announced that it's um, going a bit shithouse financially and they laid off 200 people in their Geelong... Um, administration office or something which was another nice little blow for Geelong things as the Ford factory announced it's going to be closed and now all of a sudden I love the way like big corporations eventually it takes some longer than others but if there's a sort of a bogan term for them I think it kicked off with McDonald's because in Australia every, all the all the sort of the Westies and the bogans call it Maccas, Garner Maccas so for years they would say, going to go to Maccas, going to go to Maccas. And um, eventually some wig, some wig at McDonald's thought, well, I guess if they're going to call us that, 
we should be like you know Soviet Russia was. Soviet Russia, you know, at one point despised aerobics. Remember the aerobics craze of the eighties with the Olivia Neutron bomb? Yeah, let's get physical, physical. Whatever the chords were for that, I don't really know. And Soviet Russia couldn't stamp it out, so anything they couldn't stamp out, they would absorb. So aerobics went from being the not a decadent vest and wagging the bodies with don't approve to suddenly state sanctioned and everyone was forced to do it. So McDonald's, I guess, figured at some point we shall uh, we shall absorb it and call, we shall also call ourselves Maccas as well. If it puts a if it puts a bob or two in the till, why not? And I noticed here because there's there's a store called Cash Converters, which is where where people of POVs go with their burning hot fence stuff that they might have accidentally come into the possession of. And I was in Cash Converters and the, and the girl, she was spruiking on the mic and she goes, come into Cashies, come into Cashies, because obviously that's been the, the POV bogan term for Cash Converters. So come to Cashies. And as I've said, um, the, the thing used to be like years ago, a bag of certain substance, be it leafy green or whatever, was $25. So no matter what you cash in at Cashies, you're very likely to get $25 for it. But I need $25, really. Why do you need $25? Oh, you know, I've got, I've got, it's, oh, look, I've got a plasma television here. That's funny, the serial numbers have been scrubbed off. Oh, yeah, I don't know how that happened, but, you know, and... Uh, I thought I could get something for it. Yes, uh, 25 do. Yeah, that'll be all right. Come to cashies. So, not to be outdone by this now, Target, who for years, because if you've bought stuff from Target and you're considered cheap, people used to say, well, we'll call it Target. Well, finally, we now have the fashion designer Gokwon, Gokwon, who I've never heard of in my entire life. I see on TV now, he's... um. I think they tried a few things with Stella McCartney at one point. Stella Stella designs directly for Target. And Gok now is there with a bunch of people pretending to be sort of normal. And he's going, oh, that's super, darling. and Because uh, he's, got, he's got a British accent, Gok Wan. And he smacks two women on the bum, but they don't have him up for sexual harassment in the ad. Now, I don't know about Gokwan's orientation because I haven't looked it up anywhere, but he does seem somewhat flousy. i just got to tilt my thing forward there. Are you still working, little thing? Yes, you are. Good. 11 minutes. Um, so I don't know his orientation. I could have a stab at it. <laughs> Perhaps if I had some sort of lubricant. But he does seem a little effeminate. But he is a fashion designer, so I mean, not that not, I'm not casting aspersions. And like with the Stella range, you get uh, you get on the bottom of the commercial, and he is of Asian extraction. And he does seem rather flousy. And down the bottom, it says, like with the Stella things, not all of the range will be in all Target stores. So I was sort of thinking in the more in the more bogan air, and because see now then at the end of the ad they say oh target and he goes no please no, Target you see, because anyone that was poor before you say well you didn't get it at target you got it at Target, and my aging mother says oh did you hear what they're calling so they call themselves Target now and I said yeah uh, the the common folk have been for like over twenty years. It's just that Target have been a little slower on the uptake than Maccas. Or Cashies, come to Cashies, come to Cashies. The prices we will slashies. And they give good loans at cash converters too, I think, with a small nominal charge guaranteed to break you. Um, so not all products available in all stores. And I figured sort of the more homophobic, um, racist... Bogan suburbs probably won't stock any Gok products. That's just a personal feeling. I'm not saying that's the truth. It just seemed to me that a rather effeminate Asian man, um, yeah, maybe not. But he said, you know, we've got we've got pant, we've got blouses for the girls and skirts and plants, and and I thought, well, what about for the blokes? I mean, maybe they could sell like a Gok ring. 
you know, a gock ring for your wen. I don't know. Now, the McDonald's story is still continuing, of course. We have a bunch of middle-class hillbillies. Who'd have thunk we could have middle-class hillbillies? From Tacoma, no doubt. Who are protesting the building of a hamburger shop. Because in their beautiful area known as Tacoma, they don't want McDonald's. And already some dude has come up with a protest song. He's like, no, Maccas, no, Maccas, no. We don't want your stinking burgers. You can go and get stuffed. Sort of in the in the sort of tradition of a of sort of, you know, your old bush ranger tunes. So you've got like middle class these middle class hillbillies who drive to the protest, obviously, in their BMWs and their Volvos, and they're doing things like chaining themselves to the old dairy roof. And I'm thinking to myself, well, you're not going to get a thick shake chain by its very name, old dairy, meaning it's no longer a dairy. So you ain't going to get no thick shakes there because the dairy's probably been shut for years. And then I'm thinking, but there's probably no dairy in the McDonald's thick shakes anyway, because from memory, I think that's a leftover from World War Two, when you know the Germans had was Ersteds, Ersteds, Ersteds coffee made from acorns. And the Brits and, and that were, were coming up with ideas to imitate dairy by using bean gum. Now, I'm fairly sure, um, uh, to the best of my knowledge, that the McDonald's Thick Shakes do have a certain amount of that in them. I don't know. I don't know that for a fact. But it's a bit like the dairy whip thing. You know where you, you, know where you go into the milk, milk bar or mixed business and they put a cone under that thing and they pull the lever and the swirly, swirly ice cream comes out? You know, how does how does Mr. Whippy do a poo? Well, he sort of gyrates his bum in 360-degree circles very slowly. You had to kind of be there. So they're all protesting, you know, and then I'm, I'm thinking, you know, all the great protesters, you know, Nelson Mandela and Gandhi and, and uh, you know, I don't know if it really stacks up, does it? I mean, what did what did you protest during the war, Dad? Well, we protested burgers, son. We didn't want burgers. So there they were, the Tacoma the Tacoma hillbillies. And I'm thinking, this is going to make like international news. They're thinking, what goes on? I mean, I don't know where everyone was protesting in historical Ballarat when we've got like, hang on, how many McDonald's has we got? Three, I think. And I'm thinking, nobody protested here. We should have said it's, a, it's, a, it's an area historic to the gold rush. But obviously our fat bastards <laughs> outweighed the the middle class. And we are a very safe labour seat here, so I don't I don't know whether, for example, we'd have done too much protesting. Because <laughs> I think um, we probably might consider it part of the basic five food groups. You know, fat, sugar, salt, colourings, and those green fucking pickles that nobody ever eats. So I'm sitting here like in the middle of nowhere now and I'm sort of wishing someone would build a McDonald's next to me. Oh, I wouldn't mind. So the middle class hillbillies came and they're still they're still up there protesting as we speak and good luck to them too. Like an international thing, Tacoma, you know. Ah, man from, was it? Penis, Penis, Arizona all the way to Tacoma and couldn't get it. Where, where was me notes? They were there somewhere. Hang on, hang on, wait a minute. Where are they? I've got, I've got me little lap dog here. Did I get rid of that? I mustn't have got rid of it. Oh, yeah, here we go. Oh, God, i got sore eyes too. They're stinging. Oh, and from Penis, Arizona, all the way to Tacoma. Couldn't get a latte because they wouldn't build them a cafe. And I don't know, maybe, I mean, you know, if Angelina and Brad Pitt... You know, Angelina Jolie, who seems about as fucking Jolie as a case of anthrax. Um, they might have done be done with Syria at the moment. I mean, they're always jetting around. Maybe, maybe, I mean, just maybe, if they were to put out an email, they might be able to get Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie, you know, her with the, with the lips. Look of this if they've been repetitively stung by bees constantly. Anyway, I, I sort of think they perhaps should maybe more that sort of, you know, 
Where's that other bit? I had a bit there. Where was it? Where was that bit? Hang on, just let me scroll it down here. Oh dear, oh dear. Oh. I thought I had that. Where was that bit? Hang on, just you talk amongst yourselves for a minute there. Where was my bit there? Because I can't remember anything these days. Oh yeah, there we go. Oh, here comes somebody from some construction company. Fulton Hogan. Oh, Hogan! He's pulling up near me. Sort of glad I'm not on the park bench now. He'd be oh, he's going to pull up right next to me. He'd be wondering what I'm doing. He'd be wondering, who's, who's this lunatic? With a diesel vehicle from the sounds of it. Oh, shit. Nearly dropped my plectrum. Don't drop my plectrum in this car. A grey plectrum on grey upholstery, I'll never find it again. Not to mention all the filthy McDonald's wrappers that are on the floor. Come and come and. Is that what key should I do? Oh, no, he comes in with the tractor then. Come and. No. Come and. Come and look. Come and listen. Yeah, let the tractor go past. It's got like a little flattening roller thingy on it. I actually have no idea what that would actually do. It's not actually cutting the grass or making it shorter, it's just pounding it. The oval already looks flat anyway, it's been raining like a bastard. What? My god. Your rates at work, eh? Come and read about my story about middle class rage. It's all on the web cause they started a Facebook page. Happy with their mud bricks cooking slow food. But now they're chained to a roof giving us attitude. <laughs> Protesters, that is. No Big Macs. <laughs> Y'all come back now. Oh, dear idea. <clears throat> and where was the other bit? 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 Where was it? Oh, yeah. The other great protest songs. Do you remember... What was it? Uh, what was it? Was that one not Kumbaya? Kumbaya, lad. No, no, we shall overcome. Which I think wasn't that. That was about like the emancipation of the slaves, wasn't it, or something? We, 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 we shall overcome. Reason why I haven't established keys on any of these songs is I haven't actually sang them myself yet. I'm actually just trialling them out on you. Yes, you. <clears throat> we shall, we shall overcome. We shall overcome, come, 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 baby, come someday. For here in my heart, I do believe we shall over. Here he comes again with his roller. Now he's gone about two inches over. He'll probably make the job last a long time by just not rolling too much at any one time. It's called a toe roll. Tony, what if that ran over your toe? You'd know it. So we, so this is them. We shall have no bonds. We shall have no bonds. Snipers on the dairy roof when Hamburglar comes. For sure, round these parts, we do believe we shall have no buns, sourdough or sesame seed. Now, I think they should take that on. I think that's better than that other song, which I haven't got because I haven't got any internet access sitting in the middle of nowhere here. With no, when they sang, how could VCAT get it so wrong? Because they took their protest to VCAT. And I'm thinking, well, that's the same VCAT that was quite happy to allow the religion to, to be taught in our state-funded schools. So when you think, how could they get it so wrong? I, I mean, really? That really surprised, I mean, really? That really surprised you? You've got to be joking. So we've had a tumble in Australia th this just recently. Our first of all, first of all, people went to the polls, and the Polish people didn't want them, so instead they told them to. Oh, and that's another thing. I've never seen so many government commercials on TV as recent. They're crowing about everything they're doing, and then now we've got we've got the commercial that's someone looks in their handbag and there's like a like an ET light coming out of it. 
Then someone else opens a book and there's a light coming out of it. Then someone opens up like a what looks like a shallow grave in the middle of their backyard and a light comes out of it. And then someone else is doing this. Someone opens up an unzip. You know those pajamas? You know, you know the teddy bears you stuff your pajamas in? They open that and this light comes out and then all of a sudden it's like, Oh, something like you don't use it very often, but you've got to love your right to vote. Not that it's just a right to vote in Australia. It's actually compulsory. And if you don't, um, they come around and kick the living shit out of you. But, um, and so they said, you may not do it all that often, but when the time comes, it's incredibly important. Spoken by the Australian government, Canberra. Blah, 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 blah. And at the moment, we are being bombarded by the Australian government, Canberra, because they're trying to prove that they're actually doing something. So I don't, I'd love to see what the actual budget is for just how many ads. Every time you 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 pull up an internet page, it doesn't matter what it is, you know, knocked up mummers with big jugs, there's an Australian government ad on it. You look, try to watch a YouTube, you know, you want to watch Kisses I Was Made For Loving You, boom, before you're there, the Australian government would like to say to you that, and then every time you turn the TV on, it never stops. So, um... And we've had we've had our little kerfuffles here just recently, as they say. Every time a country changes leader, our foreign ambassadors have to tell a lot of countries, "No, no one was killed. It's all right. We just had a vote." Here he comes again with the roller later. Could be fascinating. I hope he's listening to something interesting in there. I hope he's got some decent radio on. Man, he'd be dizzy by the end of the day, just going round and round and round and round and round. Find a roller later, put it on, and it goes round, round, round. Till your head spins are so bad that you hit the ground. Perry Como. Um, what was I saying? Oh, yes, yeah, so, 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 um, Rudd got voted in, G- uh, Gillard toppled Rudd, and Rudd was known at that point, point as a real sort of control freak anyway. He'd annoyed the, the public servants to the point of distraction. They'd never had to do so much work in all their life, you know. They were they were happy there having competitions like who could throw as many screwed up paper balls in the bin and other great competitions. Rudd came along and he said, you know, you will be working fifteen hours a day. And then he's on he's on YouTube where somebody got the outtakes of him trying to do some message in Mandarin and man he's cracking fuck this and fuck that and you bastards. Anyway he kind of uh, he kind of became unpopular because him and the bald-headed rock singer Peter Garrett decided to take the surplus that was handed to them and spend it all on roofing insulation, which was kind of for everybody. And that was kind of well, it was a good idea, you know, but it didn't perhaps translate as well with a few people that kind of died and a few fires here and there. So he got toppled by Julia Gillard, and then Julia Gillard was then our first female Prime Minister, but she hadn't actually been elected. And then people had their noses out of joint because they sort of said, well, hang on, the people voted for for Rudd, not for her. And now, So they went to an election, and she barely sort of scraped in with the help of three or four independent politicians who were independent who decided, all right, we'll back her rather than the mad monk Tony Abbott. So that that was sweet. So she was running a minority government. And you got to laugh because whenever governments are in, right, if they get in with a big landslide, they'll say, oh, well, it's a, it's a mandate from the people and it shows true democracy and it's this is just what our country needs. We don't need no wishy-washiness. Uh, we need a good, strong parliament with a good, strong majority. Otherwise, governments can't get anything done. That's what they say when it suits them. But when they get in on a minority, they say... No, it's actually very healthy because it's. this is more representative of democracy, you see, because the opposition's almost as powerful as we are and we hang in the balance by three independents. We have to be more consultative with all the other people involved and that way we get a fairer representation in our policies because everyone gets a chance to say so. It's just that we get to wear the leaders' caps and we get the bigger superannuation and the better retirement plan because we can say we were the government you see so that's why it's better to have a hung parliament than it is to have a true majority so it just depends on sort of what's going on at the time as to what's best it's the principle of ever shifting principles not much to do with atheism this week is it it seems to be all politics and hamburgers but anyway 
So Gillard gets in and then she lasts for a certain amount of time and then along the way Ruddy tries to topple her again and he fails. Then uh, a little while goes past-ish and a famous ex-unionist Simon Crean stands up and says, I want Rudd to come back. He's me mate. So he paves the way for a challenge to happen and then Ruddy goes, Kevin Rudd says, oh no, I won't be running. So poor old Simon Crean, the ex-trade unionist, now has got egg on his face. After, you know, propping it all up and making it happen, Ruddy... Ruddy does the eleventh hour shyness. Oh no, and I don't think I shall. So I, I wondered whether there was any friendship really between them, or whether it was some sort of. Anyway, time goes on. We get closer to the election, and suddenly there's another topple again. And Ruddy this time topples Gillard, and he says before the vote, "Whoever is the loser has to leave politics forever." That's a clever one, isn't it? So she loses 45 to 55 in a caucus room, a raucous caucus, and Ruddy comes on and says, right, he doesn't say I'm going to do you slow, mate, which is what Paul Keating once said. He then he then says, well, it, it, we're going to work this. So check this out. So the Labor Party were very staunched and firm on ha- keeping a carbon tax in place. And Tony Abbott, the mad monk, said, well, when I get in, I will get rid of this. Here he goes again. I'll get rid of this carbon tax. We don't need it. It's stifling the economy. So suddenly now Ruddy, oh, last minute, Ruddy's gone, oh, well, I'll be getting rid of it too. So now the Libs are sort of doing a bit of panic because, like, Tony Abbott's really sort of not well liked. It's just that when Julia was the Prime Minister, she was hated more. And the Liberal Party obviously figured we could win this election with a three-legged dog with brain damage. In the meantime, everyone's been crying out for Malcolm Turnbull, who's in the Liberal Party, that he should be running as the opposite opposition Prime Minister because he's enormously popular. And when you see him on the telly, he does seem very reasonable. So they're a few months out from the election. November, hopefully, now, we might get to find out. And now... Lots of people are doing an actual panic because they think, well, now Abbott, who was a shoe-in, might lose. But I don't think they will. I don't really think we we really, many of us really like Kevin Rudd at all. Not as much as he does. So I don't know. We never really missed you. Half as much as you think we do. The roller later's getting further away. So let me go past. Oh, yeah, there's a magpie near in there. Watch out, magpie, you're gonna get. I'm sure that we don't feel the same way about you, the way you do about you. Strife in your party won't go away any time too soon. Even though you're the guy who brought about Julia's doom, it must be red, red, red. It must be red, red, red. The banished ones have been backbenched. When November comes, we'll be rudderless. I don't know what that last chord is, but I don't think it really matters, does it? Anyway, in the interest of political balance, I'm just wild about Turnbull. He's the liberal for me. Ooh, ah, But they hope that I'll vote for the other guy In spite of all the misogyny (coughs) They call him Tony Abbott Quite right wing They call him Tony Abbott Not enticing They call him Tony Abbott 
Some of his best friends have been women His mother and his offspring too Ooh, ah, ooh, another great women of history Amanda Vanstone and that Maggie Thatcher shrew They call him Tony Abbott Quite vitriolic They call him Tony Abbott And somewhat catholic They call him Tony Abbott <coughs> Tony Abbott uh. Oh, the roller ladies fur away anyway Which is good Which is very good it's very good, Jim. Oh, yeah, yeah. Anyway, the one good thing about um, Ruddy coming back was our famous um, rock star, who I think we would all agree that <laughs> Peter Garrett was a pretty groovy dude. He was the one who oversaw all the uh, insulation put into the roofs. And... Um, he, his political career did kind of set the world on fire sort of starting house by house really more than anything else and of course if you can't get the great aroma of hot tandoori Indian out of, out of your mind the reason why that is hot, hot tandoori Indian out of your mind is because the poor guy's being electrocuted in your ceiling as we speak Yes, he did more for foreign aid than any other program of turning back boats or giving money to Indonesia's uh, military so they can take us over. In fact, some people might have said he could have uh, increased the readily disposable income of Mumbai at least 20-fold. Seems as every, every man and his dog started up a, a quick overnight roofing insulation business to take advantage of the government doling out. And of course, later, much of it, they said, got shipped off to India where Indian students were being paid a pittance by their Indian overlords. This is what people say, of course. I'm not saying it. People said it. So you might... Oh, someone's pulled up with a, a mobile dog wash van. Trusty Buddy's Mobile Dog Salon. Trusty Buddy. Trusty Buddy's Mobile Dog Salon. In case the mug, mud your dog might have fell on. <laughs> fell on, fell on. It doesn't really kind of rhyme anyway. We'll get your pooch real butte when we bring around a hosepipe and our ute. I'm making this up as I go along. It's Trusty Buddy's mobile dog salon. Call Kerry on 0408122092. Yeah. Um, oh, she must be, oh, she, and she's wandering, I think she might be, oh, she go, uh, I don't know where she's going, it's an empty building down there, I don't think anyone's in there this time. <coughs> so you, you might think, I don't know, after that, because that, too, you see, in New Zealand, they had a similar um, insulation scheme there, and they had realised that they cocked a few things up with things like unsafe house fires and stuff. And then the allegations were that somebody supplied a report to Mr. Garrett and Mr. Rudd about the the inherent failures of the New Zealand system and that it would be a good idea for them to browse the report in order for us not to make the same mistakes. And allegedly, I say allegedly because I wasn't there, allegedly there were some people, not me, but some people, not me, but some people had said perhaps it might be an idea to glance that document so that we don't have the same repeat. Well, never mind, another great New Zealand band who sang history never repeats. Yes, it does. So you think after all of that, he would have gone on to be banished. But no, instead, they made him Minister for Education. <laughs> it's a great idea, wasn't it? To where his greatest achievements, as I said, was he didn't remove religion from state schools, nor did he remove the chaplains that were put into government schools. That You had to be religious to be one of the chaplains for the school to listen to the young people tell you their problems, at the same time vowing that you wouldn't use your religiosity in your daily business. But you couldn't really get in unless you were religious. Try that one on for size. <coughs> um, yes. Anyway, so when Ruddy got back in, Garrett had to resign because they didn't have much love between them. I mean, why do people say there was no love lost between people? 
I don't think those two had any love to lose. Is that why they didn't lose it? Is that why they say there was no love loss? Is it? I don't know. Love loss, fairy floss, I don't know. It all shrinks down to nothing when you look at it, and it's usually just full of sugar and fuck all else. So what's the time here? One, four, I'm supposed to be somewhere soon-ish. So when they were in Midnight Oil... See, this is the thing. Don't ever think that great songs of protest and folk songs really necessarily really do change. Maybe the songs change the world, but the people who write them, I don't know. I mean, Bob Dylan might have written a lot of stuff, but if he'd been become a politician, it might have ended up being a total disaster, right? So a lot of people thought, oh, Garrett, he's a member of the Green Party. They put him in the Labour Party. And I remember some friends of mine saying... Oh, he's just waiting his move. He's just waiting his move. He'll pull it out at the end. He'll do something fantastic. Well, now that he's banished to the backbenches, I, I think the time might have come and gone. So they used Midnight Oil had that song, "Beds Are Burning," and I don't really know the chords to it, but out where the country broke, the time has come to say fair's fair, to pay our share. But I was thinking. I don't know the chords, but that doesn't, that's never stopped me before, has it? Out when the surplus broke, from the roofing studs came the thick black smoke. Nana's house was wrecked by that bald-headed weasel at Fahrenheit 2000 degrees all. The fire had come, sirens everywhere. Granny had to rent or go into care. I just thought I'd throw that accordion to make it more interesting since I don't know them. We thought it had to rent or go into care. Where were we? The thought that we thought a time has come. Her roof was black. Her false teeth burned. We never found her If I knew the chords, it would be good. Then it went chook, 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 chook. Uh, all of her plants perished, that's for certain. The doctor gives her pills, cause her nerves are churning. She's got no privacy with melted curtains. She can't fall asleep, cause her house was burning. There'd be a really good one to actually learn the chords to that song. Not likely to happen in any in any great hurry, though I've got to say. So um, this is this has been our political climate this week, if you can call it a climate. I'd say what's this? Save the changes? Did I make changes? Did I? I guess I must have. I guess I must have. Oh yeah yeah yeah. Oh, I'm tired. The other thing too was with the McDonald's thing, it got a it got a um, a temporary stay of building because I don't know some unionists walked off. Probably had to go to the town below and sort of get a Big Mac or something or one of those Angus burgers that I'm so fond of. And the spokesman for McDonald's, her name was Sky Axum Oxum Lupel. And to me, I think with a name like Sky Oxum Lupel, she should be with the protesters, shouldn't she? So I don't know. This is these are some of the things what we've got put up with. Um, oh, the head of Australia's, hang on, the head of a leading Australia alcohol research body has called for marijuana to be legalised to reduce the harm of drinking. <laughs> Robin Room, who obviously has expanded her headspace with a name like that. Director for the Centre of Alcohol Policy Research says marijuana should be legalised under strict controls because the social harm was significantly less than with drinking. It makes sense to legalise marijuana in a controlled market, he told. Oh, it's not a he, it's a she, it's not a she, it's a he. Oh, I've been sexist. The Herald Sun yesterday, we're in a situation where we need to look ahead. Well, it's always good to look ahead, really, when you're walking somewhere, because if you look behind you, you're likely to walk into a telegraph pole, aren't you? He told the Herald Sun, We are in a situation where we need to look ahead 
I think we need to have the discussion. It makes for a lot of sense in terms of others among uh, among others cutting down the government costs to have its what cutting down the costs to ha what to tighten up the market of something. As long as they're going to have a conversation, you know, like when people get really stoned in a conversation and then they can never they can never um, uh, never um, sorry, what was I saying? Prof room while they're tightening up the market of alcohol the way they do with tobacco. Oh, he's going the other way now. He's driving in the other direction. Ah, that's the way you stop yourself getting the dizzy head spins. It's a, bit, it's a bit like that film Midnight Express where they all had to walk around the pole to the right, wasn't it? Don't walk to the left, that's communism. So which way is he going now? He's now going to the right. Oh, well, he'll vote for Tony Abbott then. Um, Professor so-and-so said by the Department of such and such, in an ideal world, <coughs> Professor Room said teens would not smoke marijuana. Or drink alcohol to excess. <laughs> what world is he living in? But if an 18-year-old was going to use these substances, he said they would likely land themselves in less trouble after using cannabis rather than binging on alcohol. Teens were, quote, better off, unquote, on a mixture of booze and marijuana rather than just pure alcohol in social settings, he added. Alcohol was more dangerous than cannabis because it had a closer association with aggression and violence, loss of coordination, impacts on work and family life. Cannabis is not without its harm, but it's substantially less than alcohol and tobacco in terms of social harm, he said. If you're adding can the cannabis to an equal amount of alcohol, then in some ways you're probably less likely to be aggressive. But it's a bad idea to add it if you want to drive a car. Yes. Prof Room said if marijuana... Well, if they legalised it, at least then they might give fair and accurate figures to people who've smoked it when they say you can't drive a motor vehicle this many hours afterwards. Because currently, the way I see the way the test stands with it is if it's detected in your system, you're a goner, even if you're not really under the effects of it, because marijuana stays in your fat-soluble cells whereas alcohol passes through you or you vomit it up and then you know that you're not then they could at least make it fair for people but I don't I don't think the powers that be are going to be too keen on that one just quietly some might say because for moral reasons they're highly moral people who don't want to see another drug legalized and others might say that it's more advantageous for certain people not not me not I'm not saying this I'm just saying some people say it could be more advantageous for some people to keep the product illegal, if you know what I mean. Nice learner for some. He said if it was legalised among the measures to control it, there should be state sellers and state stores where sales are regulated, and it should not be sold in supermarkets nor advertised on TV or at sporting matches. Oh, come on. While Prof Room acknowledged many people would be, quote, surprised, unquote, and even quote, bothered by his stance, unquote, the statistics backed him up. Yeah. The controversial proposal comes as Melbourne continues to battle booze-fueled violence and alcohol-related hospital admissions sore for men and women. I also think some of those hospital admin, uh, things could also be a bit of a mix of amphetamines going on in there as well. Now, you might be sitting there thinking that makes perfect sense, what he has just said. But you know what? It ain't going to change a thing because they're not going to do it. They're not going to do it because not only is it a nice little learner for some to keep it illegal, there are also people known as political advisors. And they advise politicians what's what's. So if someone thought there was an enormous amount of votes from legalising marijuana, it would get legalised. But if some little weasel standing behind a politician said, uh, no, um, no, actually, you would lose very badly should you support that, which is what I suspect they say these days. Thank you, computer. 
then it would stay illegal. And that's about all there is to it. And in the meantime, what they always do is get us plebs to fight amongst ourselves, and uh, we do the job for them. And it's, a, it's quite an interesting thing. It's like we signed many, many years ago an agreement with the US that we wouldn't legalise various drugs, one of which being marijuana, uh, because we've got some sort of treaty with them, which would mean we'd have to break that treaty. Uh, and that would cause us all sorts of problems in the international sort of field, in the same way I think the US was still very pissed off with Holland, you know, where the Dutch people live in the Netherlands. Try and work that one out. Uh, which I think they still are to this day. And then, of course, America then, after getting everyone to sign on the dotted line, now finds a beautiful way around it for themselves, whereby many states um, have the medical marijuana, where all you need is the the little form from your doctor. So you walk in, you go, oh, doc, I've got I've got neuralgia and paralgia and and stiffening of the of the of not of the bits that I don't want stiffened, and I've got this blinding headache. I, in fact, even at the moment, I can't even see you. I don't. Where are you, doctor? Feel feel. I want to feel. Can I feel your face? Can I read your bumps? And I need medical marijuana. To which the doctor then either says yay or nay, and you go off with your little letter. While the rest of us in the world uh, don't get it. Not that I get it anymore, because I gave it up years ago, but I, I'd probably be a good candidate for it now, I could say. Although I don't know if breathing difficulties would really count, would they? You probably They probably wouldn't recommend that. But you can get a vaporizer, like what they had in Doctor Who. And I could, I could ingest my marijuana using like a sonic screwdriver or something. That sounds like fun. I've got to start it up and press stop, darlings. I'm not sure what happens after this. But there are no guarantees in this life. Oh, God, I've got to be on that incredulous show. I'm going to be shitting bricks. What am I going to say? What am I going to do? Oh, I'll work something out. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts, offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.